Monday, March the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, catch up. Ukraine refuses to surrender Mariupol and Biden to head to Europe. First, the world in brief. Ukraine refused to surrender Mariupol, a southern port city which Russian forces have been laying siege to for three weeks. On Sunday, a Russian general said that people would be given a safe passage out of the city if defenders laid down their arms by 5am Moscow time, 2am GMT. Mariupol has little food, water or electricity and has seen fierce fighting. Some 300,000 people remain trapped in the city. The White House confirmed that Joe Biden, America's president, will visit Europe this week, starting with NATO summits and a G7 meeting in Brussels on Thursday. He will then travel to Poland to discuss the humanitarian response to the war in Ukraine with Andrzej Duda, the Polish president. Meanwhile, Dalip Singh, a White House security advisor, said America could still expand sanctions on Russia. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, rallied global support for his country through various video appearances. Speaking to Israel's parliament, he said, quote, Our neighbours want to see us dead, and compared Russia to Nazi Germany. Mr Zelensky wants Israel to send ammunition and follow other Western countries in imposing sanctions on Russia. Separately, Mr Zelensky appeared on CNN and renewed his call for negotiations with Russia. Nearly 3.5 million refugees have fled Ukraine since the invasion, putting increased pressure on neighbouring countries. Officials in Central Europe said the capacity to house those in need was nearly exhausted. Poland says the influx has increased Warsaw's population of 1.8 million by 17%. More could soon follow. Irina Vereshuk, Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister, said more humanitarian corridors for those displaced by the war were opening. Ukraine's government used its martial law powers to ban 11 political parties from all political activity because of their links to Russia. Most are small, but one, the opposition platform for life, led by Viktor Medvedchuk, an ally of Vladimir Putin, has 44 of the 450 seats in Parliament. Last year, Mr Medvedchuk, was charged with treason and placed under house arrest. Russia and Ukraine are close to an agreement, according to Mevlut Cavusoglu, Turkey's foreign minister, who's trying to mediate peace talks. Mr Cavusoglu visited both Russia and Ukraine this week, and Turkey has been in touch with negotiating teams from both sides. The talks are focusing on issues such as the neutrality of Ukraine, and disarmament and security guarantees. Other news Saudi Aramco more than doubled its net income in 2021 to $110 billion. With prices surging, the Saudi oil producer, the world's biggest, said it would increase production. Opposition parties in Pakistan called for a no-confidence motion against Imran Khan, the Prime Minister following a raft of defections from his party. They accuse him of mismanaging the economy and foreign policy. The vote will be held on Friday. 
Six people were killed in Belgium after a car drove into a group of carnival performers in Strapi Brachenis, some 50 kilometers south of Brussels. Authorities said it did not appear to be a terrorist attack. And fact of the day. 2%. Hong Kong's COVID-19 case fatality rate. For unvaccinated people over 80, it is 12%. And now, here's today's agenda. Life in Mariupol Russian artillery around Kyiv fell silent for the first time in weeks on March 19th, allowing two million exhausted residents a chance to catch up on sleep. In a briefing the next morning, Ukraine's army said the pause in fighting was mirrored across much of the country. Russia seemed to be switching from offensive operations to regroup and secure logistics, it said. The big exception is Mariupol, now 11 days into a siege and a bloody Russian aerial bombardment of hospitals, schools, bomb shelters and civilian infrastructure. Residents are without electricity, heat, water and communications. Hunger is increasing. Bodies, many missing limbs, are strewn across the city. The number of dead could be in the tens of thousands. With Ukrainian troops cut off from reinforcements, the only hope for the 300,000 left behind lies in political negotiations for a ceasefire and humanitarian corridor. But those two appear to be stuck in a pause. Senate hearings for SCOTUS For the fourth time in six years, the Senate Judiciary Committee convenes on Monday to consider a nominee for America's Supreme Court. Kentaji Brown-Jackson, Joe Biden's pick to succeed the departing Justice Stephen Breyer, is not new to the nominee's seat. Over the past 12 years, the Senate has confirmed her to the US Sentencing Commission and two lower courts. Miss Jackson's hearing stretches over four days. When the full Senate votes in the coming weeks, Miss Jackson's fate is in little doubt. With their bare majority, Democrats could seat her without a single Republican vote. Some Republican senators have said they are open to crossing the aisle. Others plan to attack Ms. Jackson's record as a public defender or level misleading charges about her handling of cases involving child pornography. Expect a fiery exchange over Joe Biden's pick for the bench. Myanmar's misery continues. The Burmese army's rap sheet grows ever longer. Already accused of committing genocide against Rohingyas, a persecuted Muslim minority group, it can add war crimes and crimes against humanity to the list, according to the UN. Since seizing power in 2021, it has sought to quash the armed resistance movement through the coup inspired by bombarding towns with airstrikes, torturing prisoners and burning scores of civilians alive, killing at least 1,600 people. Not that anyone would know from reading state media, which carry gripping articles about land management and the price of salt. Nothing encapsulates the junta's efforts to protect a semblance of normality better than its announcement that international flights, suspended for two years, will resume in mid-April. Tourists who brave Myanmar will see that not all is well, 
Since the coup, power blackouts have been happening daily and the value of the kyat has plummeted. Perhaps half the population has sunk into poverty. Tech Inspired by Dandelions Climate science relies on environmental monitoring. But manually installing sensory equipment takes time and money. Now scientists writing in Nature have come up with a way to circumvent this inspired by nature. Many flowers harness the wind to disperse their seeds far and wide. Dandelion seeds can waft up to a kilometre. The scientists have designed a lightweight device that mimics a dandelion seed's ability to float on air. The devices carry sensors for temperature, humidity, light and pressure, and could offer insights for use in various applications, such as agriculture and monitoring climate change. They are powered by miniature solar panels and have transmitters for wireless communication and weigh just 30 milligrams. In a moderate breeze, they can travel up to 100 meters. The idea would be to release a thousand of them at once from a drone, saving months of labor. But if they are to be scattered over farmland or forest, they should be biodegradable or else have small magnets attached for later collection. Espresso Profile Pavel Gorski and the quote, Convoy of Life Pavel Gorski has made his mark on Warsaw's nightlife scene as co-founder of two popular bars. Now, with three other bars and restaurant owners, he is running what they call a quote, Convoy of Life, that drives Ukrainians fleeing the war across the border into Poland. Quote, we have a lot of free time, as our businesses run themselves. We have no excuse not to help, says Mr Gorski. The men have been driving humanitarian aid into Ukraine and returning with vans full of people, so far at least 170. After crossing the Polish border, they pass them on to friends who find them homes. Over 3 million people have fled Ukraine since Russia invaded on February 24th, most of them to Poland. Long hostile to refugees from outside Europe, Poland's right-wing government has welcomed Ukrainians. Yet much of the relief effort has been mounted by ordinary Poles. Quote, the whole country has gotten involved, says Mr Gorski. For the first time in a long time, I am truly proud of my country. Mr Gorski worries that the route may eventually become too unsafe to travel. Quote, we will continue driving people out of Ukraine as long as we can, he says. We hope that this war will end soon, but we fear it might not. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Which Jane Austen book is a satire of gothic novels? Finally, here's the quote of the day 
from Chimwa Achebe, who died on this day in 2013. There is a moral obligation, I think, not to ally oneself with power against the powerless. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.